0: This episode brought to you by Stamps.com. Why go to the store to get stamps when you can have them printed right at home for your convenience? Also brought to you by DoorDash, the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. tell me a story? Not tonight, I'm too
1: old. Please, Grandma? All right, I'll tell you the story of a very strange man, back when I worked at a YouTube studio.
0: What's a YouTube studio? It's
1: like a Hollywood studio, except everyone's even more insecure.
0: Is that possible?
1: YouTubers found a way, now shut up. In the studio, a strange man appeared, dressed in black with messed up hair and a pale complexion. Tim Burton?
0: That's right. The boy in high school you always pointed to and said, I think he'll be okay. Hey, Tamra. Oh, are we still talking about this guy? Of course, my hit show Wednesday put me back on the map.
1: Damn it, why couldn't we stop watching that? I
0: knew it wasn't gonna be anything like that. Great.
1: It was like goth comfort food.
0: That's how I make my living.
2: Hey guys! Oh god,
0: no! Hi, ah, if it isn't my biggest fan, the Nostalgia Critic. Tell me, how's your Burton Corner? That was a long time ago. I was a teen! I've grown up since then! Clearly! Well, as my biggest fan... Please, don't call me that. I wanted to run some ideas by you. Here, this is Oyster Boy on an adventure with mermaids. Well, it's... Weird, but. But I kind of want to know her story. Oh, and this is the pin cushion queen. I don't know. I'd see a movie about her. And finally, voodoo girl. Wow. So how does this work?
1: Does she stick pins in herself and it hurts someone else?
0: These are all great ideas, Tim. You got to turn them in the movies. Yeah, I've already lost interest. Hello. Good news, Tim. Beetlejuice
2: 2 is a go. Well, that's
0: fantastic. So much better than these stupid ideas I was working on. I'll be right there. Beetlejuice 2?
1: Tim, your other ideas are so much better.
0: But I remember enjoying Beetlejuice, just like I remember enjoying Alice in Wonderland, Willy Wonka, Dumbo, The Addams Family, and Planet of the Apes. You see, there's a certain feeling connected to it that you just won't understand. It's called, uh, nostalgia. No, Hollywood has another name for it, greed. Well, off to my next underwhelming reimagining. So where are we on this guy? Batman. When people hear the name, they immediately think of original, dark, fairy tale like movies such as The Nightmare Before Christmas, Beetlejuice, Corpse Bride, Frankenweenie, and so forth. It's honestly impressive a director with this niche of style would be this successful for so long. But yes, while some adaptations are expected from a director like this, he really seems to have abandoned fresh new concepts for revisiting material he clearly has a nostalgic connection to whether they make sense to revisit or not. But I think we too have a nostalgic connection to this guy, and want to see him succeed when he sparks that fresh excitement with a new dark original idea. Similar to what he used to do with films like Edward Scissorhands. Yep, this is technically a Christmas movie, and a unique one at that. Released in 1990, right after the monster success of Batman, Burton was allowed to tell the story of a young man he drew who had hands that looked like scissors. Co written by the wildly talented Caroline Thompson well, mostly talented the two of them constructed a modern suburban fantasy combining dark fairy tales and the story of Frankenstein. This honestly makes a lot of sense, as suburbia can feel like a very surreal place, and even the Frankenstein story has a lot of Grimm's fairy tale elements to it. Over 30 years later, does this film have the same magic that made it a hit back then? Well, let's take a closer look. Are you including his review in your story?
1: Well, is it any different than the boring ASMR you fall asleep to?
0: I see your point. Let's take a look at Edward Scissorhands. The film opens with an old woman, played by Winona Ryder, telling a story to her granddaughter, Goldilocks, in one of the three bears' beds.
1: There was a man who had scissors for hands. A man? Yes. Hands? Scissors? No,
0: scissor hands. Idiot. Side note for 1990, that old lady makeup is pretty impressive. Okay, she looks a little bit like Mitt Romney cosplaying as Maggie Smith, but that just gives her more character.
1: A long time ago,
0: an inventor lived in that mansion. He lived in a model town because it was literally a model. Yeah, you don't want to see the HBO logo or the spider from Beetlejuice at the end of the shot.
1: He also created a man. He didn't have a name.
0: Of course he had a name. Idiot. Seriously, you're an idiot. Avon calling! We see an Avon lady named Peg, played by Diane Weist, going from house to house selling Avon products.
1: Come on, Peg, I never buy anything from you, you know that. I know. Bye. Bye, Helen.
0: Like many Burton movies, the casting in this film is pretty great. Every single person has a ton of personality that you understand immediately. Diane Weiss particularly has so much heart and kindness.
1: I like them both. Well great. You don't actually think I have any money, do you?
0: She plays the role as optimistically naive, but not dumb. She doesn't always make the best choices, but you know they're always coming from a good place that all of us can recognize and sympathize with.. Ding, ding. Hey, you can see Bo Welch already preparing to have his version of Cat in the Hat ruined in this neighborhood. Huh, don't know how I always forget that's there. Really surprised the HOA lets that stand for so long. Apparently a cloud shaped like scissors is supposed to be in the sky, but... I don't know, it looks like dick and balls to me. Why, isn't that exciting? Thus Pig makes her way to the strangest home, a guy who just makes cookies ever owned. She sees many beautiful hedge sculptures. The hand in the center is a nice touch. And she stumbles across Edward, played by Johnny Depp, who with those painted on sad eyebrows is another Burton actor given a permanent expression throughout his entire performance.
1: Where are your parents?
0: He didn't wake up. Oh, that was the skeleton in the lobby I saw. Yes, just ignore the barbecue sauce.
1: I think you should just come home with me
0: this role was kind of a godsend for Depp, who was sick of being typecast as good-looking rebels, and wanted to play, for lack of a better way of putting it, some memorable oddballs, which he would end up playing for the rest of his life. But maybe it's not too big a stretch. And on your left hand, what is it? It's a three, the number three. A friend of mine, I sat down at his table and I said, Wouldn't well, we put a three here. <laughs>
1: so
0: how about that?
2: Don't
0: be. That plays the part great, always finding a naive innocence that Caroline Thompson said she based a lot on her dog. The dog. <laughs> Which I guess makes sense if somebody told me a guy dressed like that crawled on all fours and barked. It wouldn't surprise me. Peg drove by, and she had somebody with her in the car. Did you get a good look at him? He'll kind a of pale. Yes, be right there! Oh, <laughs> He's brought to her home, where he's drawn to pictures of her family. Here's my daughter. Can. My god, tomboy tomboy playing as a blonde cheerleader for some reason. Yeah, I think most people know popular cheerleader is a strange role for someone like Ryder. Burton even apparently howled with laughter when he saw her in the blonde wig. But I think because she usually doesn't play these kind of roles, it allows her to bring a unique depth to it. It's funny to think both these actors were playing against type back then. Technically, these roles should have been reversed. <laughs> one of my favorite edits of everybody returning home and just reacting to Ed being there from his
2: point of view. I bet the view must be spectacular, huh, Ed?
1: I've oh, lost me pee!
2: <laughs> Britain
0: said out of all the actors, Alan Arkin was the closest to being a 100% suburbanite. His ability to both care and not care at the same time does ring true to that culture.
1: Edward, you did us! I feel it's us! Yes,
0: it is. Speaking of which, want a great impression of social media? You're just minding your business, going about your life, then? Somebody just declares you're evil!
1: Straight from the stinking flames of hell. The power of Satan is in him, I can feel it!
0: Uh, the Stephen King movie's being shot down the street. They ignore her as Edward suddenly has a flashback... ...technically to before he was born. <laughs> ah, we're seeing how they make Velveeta. Right, I put a celery chopper next to a cookie maker. The two don't go together at all. That was strange of me. I think I'll make a man. Vincent Price plays the inventor, and yeah, okay, it's a fairy tale. I'm not supposed to question that much, but... What is the story of this odd cookie maker in suburbia? I mean, was this really just a local businessman who made money with this company? Did he have commercials? Welcome to Creepy Old Guy Cookies. Our pastries are made with all natural ingredients taken from the heart of a baby goat. We only use the finest hardware straight from H.R. Giga sex toys and have distribution among such popular names as Keebler, Pepperidge Farm, Beelzebub, and Nibisco. Most factories average roughly 95 million cookies per day. But at our fine establishment, where sometimes the cutters do their job properly, we average 50 in an hour. I may not be a mathematician, but... Oh, I think I did the math wrong. Anyway, purchase creepy old guy cookies. I'm bored is introduced to the neighbors, who certainly find him odd, but kind of like that there's something different in town. Now, we'd like to invite you to our card game Friday night. Only thing is, you can't cut! <laughs> well, at least my nose isn't gushing blood! Oh, what do you mean by that? Later that night, Edward has in our flashback to being made by the inventor.
1: Let us pretend that we are in the drawing room and the hostess is serving tea. And many numerous little questions
0: confront us. One of the best elements in the movie is the visual storytelling. A lot of flicks over-explain everything, when something as simple as a book showing the inventor's plans gets across all the info you need.
1: And guards us from all humiliation and discomfort.
0: Yeah, screw it. I'm going to make a woman. Kim returns from a trip with her friends in Optimus Prime, unaware of her new roommate. Oh, I really hate having scissor hands right now. We ask the age-old question, why were waterbeds a thing again? They strain things out, and Kim quickly realizes Edward has a crush on her. Despite her already having a boyfriend named Jim, played by Anthony Michael Hall. Kim!
1: Oh no. You forgot your cookies.
0: These aren't easy to come by either. We had an old guy who used to deliver them. I wonder what happened to him? Speaking of which, this also makes for an interesting economical discussion. I understand you're not charging for your gardening, Edward.
1: Marge made him cookies today.
0: You can't buy the
1: necessities of life with cookies.
0: No, but you can make a man from cookies. What's that? I'm cookies. Yet another talent is discovered from Edward, as he can not only cut dogs' hair, but women's hair as well. I love this point in the movie because everybody in the audience is like, things gonna go wrong. People always predict he's gonna give a bad haircut, or accidentally nip the dog, or just something's gonna go south here. It's great people know something bad is gonna happen, they just want to jump to it because they don't want to get even more attached to this guy for his inevitable downfall. What did you do to your hair? Edward cut it, isn't it wild? Huh, I didn't know he could cut hair. Maybe I was wrong about him. Such an Mrs. Erhands. Things do start to go south in more ways than one, though, as one of the neighbors tries to seduce him.
1: Boy, Eddie, you're trembling. So am I.
0: His complete cluelessness is amazing to watch. It's like when somebody pretends to understand cryptocurrency. (laughs) Speaking of non-reactions, everyone's take after Edward says what happens is amazing. And then she showed me the back room where she took all of her clothes off.
1: Edward, I can't tell you how thrilled I am. I'm just as pleased as punch.
0: The father not even noticing, Kim looking horrified, the son trying not to laugh, and Pig's complete inability to comprehend what was just said makes for a hilarious moment you have to watch more than once to soak it all in.
2: Get yourself a social security card, establish credit, and buy yourself a car. They want to
0: open us a salon for Edward, but they can't get alone. And coincidentally, Kim and Jim are having their own financial issues, wanting to steal from his old man so they can afford their own van. Because my father keeps the damn room locked, we need Edward to get us in. This is the only scene I have an issue with in the movie. They have Edward come with them on the heist, but he gets caught and the cops are called on. This is what begins his downfall, and it's not a huge issue, but... I kind of want something more relatable for the downfall. I actually might have liked him more if he did accidentally nip somebody, kind of like what happens later. And everybody turns on him like they were waiting to without even knowing it. I feel like audiences can relate to accidents more than this weird, kind of forced heist plot. I don't know, the point still gotten across, it works okay, I just think this part could have been tweaked a little. Alright, cuff him. Edward is arrested but let go as Jim's father was told he didn't comprehend what he was doing. Listen, it could keep me up all night worrying about you. You watch yourself, here. Dick Anthony Williams does a good job playing a very sympathetic cop. Even though, at times,
2: he's not the best
0: at what he does.
2: All over. Go on home. Well, there's nothing more to see.
0: Well, I de-escalated this situation. Nobody's gonna die tonight. Edward reveals, though, he did know what he was doing, and he did it for Kim.
1: I know it was Jim's house. Well, then why'd you do it?
0: Because you asked me to. We know what do is
2: for you, Kirby. Well, that joke's the best spot for a commercial. All right. Hello, Douglas. Doing some Christmas stuff? Yeah. Did you remember to add stamps.com to your list? My God. It's all right. I'm so sorry. It's okay, Douglas. I've let you down. No, you didn't. I've let us down. Well, then you did.
0: I don't know what to do. It's
2: okay, Stamps.com understands. We all make mistakes. Stamps.com has been helping businesses like yours save time and money during the holiday rush for 25 years with easy access to USPS and UPS services and premium rates for all your postage needs. I'm so sorry, I'm so The holidays are hard so enough. <laughs> make things easier with Stamps.com. <laughs> with Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and printer. They even send you a free scale so you'll have everything you need to get started. Now, taking care of orders on the go is even easier with the Stamps.com mobile app. It is. It is. (laughs) You fool. If you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. And if you sell products online, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Order shipping, mailing, supplies, labels, and even printers from the supply store. Get huge carrier discounts up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates to help your bottom line. Plus, Stamps.com automatically tells you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. Been around for 25 years, right? For 25 years, oh, Stamps.com no. has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. <laughs> Get access to the USPS and UPS services you need right from your computer any anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. I want that special deal. There is a special Give deal. Me a special deal. You don't deserve it. <laughs> but you can get it anyway. Give your business the gift of stamps.com so your mailing and shipping is covered this holiday season. Sign up at stamps.com/nostalgia for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com/nostalgia. Well, thank you. This is very helpful. Oh, good buddy. Very yeah, nice. You. Was a good talk. Hey, have you eaten yet? I'm sorry. I don't forgive you. DoorDash. You're lucky they're more forgiving than me. Your holiday deals are here on DoorDash. From December 1st to the 12th, deck your doorstep with this season's biggest savings on gifts, groceries, meals, and more at the price you want. Make DoorDash your secret weapon for holiday savings. Skip the in-store rush and enjoy deals on holiday essentials delivered from the best of your neighborhood. Get the items on your gift list, the grocery list, and then some all-in-one app. That that that's... Incredibly convenient, I know. Looking for wallet-friendly <laughs> holiday party essentials? DoorDash has you covered, with thousands of grocery, restaurant, and retail stores available nationwide. You'll find deals on whatever you need, when you need them. With special offers daily, you never have to show up empty-handed. With DoorDash, you can get everything you need for a happy holiday season delivered fast. I know I do not deserve to ask you this. You're looking to save even more? You know me so well. Well, you can.
0: Uh, I'm eating my hand!
2: As a Dash Pass member, you can enjoy exclusive offers and perks all season long. You'll also get a $0 delivery fee and reduced service fees on eligible orders, too. Would you like a cat? Go throw up. <laughs> Order now and enjoy holiday savings with DoorDash. Use the code CRITICHOLIDAY to get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more at convenience, grocery, or select retail stores on DoorDash. Terms apply! Please take the cab. Okay, I'll take him. Actually, you can't. I'm just you recording this later. Ah! He's really fine.
0: (laughs) Play Spider-Man 2 every Friday on Twitch. We also have content five days a week. Hope to see you there. Pick says she still wants to do her Christmas party, despite all the drama that happened. And everyone makes up excuses not to go, including the neighbor who went after him, now claiming he went after her. Threatening her with those knives of his? It's a miracle she escaped.
1: After what happened to me... Can you imagine?
0: I saw it, too. It looked like a scissor. What does balls look like? Um, well, you know the handles that are attached to the Edward starts sculpting a giant block of ice because they spent bank on this Christmas party. No, okay, you're not supposed to question it like any other fairy tale, it's a style thing. And Kim starts dancing to the spectacular Danny Elfman music. I haven't talked about much, but Elfman's music really is like half the movie. The choir sounds like what I can only describe as lost, but hauntingly hopeful like there's a lot to be afraid of but there's still beauty worth singing about that pulls you through If you take the music out of the scene, it looks really weird Like she just sees him chopping at ice and then randomly starts spinning (laughs) She looks high But with the music you instantly see why she was sucked into the beauty of the moment and said this was his favorite score, and it might be mine, too. Hey! <laughs> but Edward accidentally cuts Kim's hand, causing Jim to throw him out.
1: I don't love you anymore. I just want you to go!
0: Are you serious? I'm a loser to that? I'm losing to a weak, awkward loser? If I knew that, I never would have changed! Edward finally cracks, taking his anger out on all the people who turned against him.
2: Zool, motherfucker! Zool!
0: A classic never dies. The neighbors call the cops on Edward, who want him arrested and put away. Hello, Mrs. Boggs. I'm here to see the man with the hands. Oh, the proctologist doesn't live here anymore. I always like to think the dog couldn't see in this scene, so he's like, Whew! Thanks, mister! I couldn't see a thing." AHH! Monster! Are you okay?
1: Yes, are you okay?
0: He makes his way back home, where Kim is waiting, and decides he deserves a pity... hug. This causes him to have another flashback to the final time he ever saw his creator, about to give him human hands. Oh, that Chipotle is coming back to haunt me. I kinda like there's different ways to interpret Edward touching his cheek. I always thought he looked at the plastic inside the hands and compared it to the blood that was inside the inventor, showing he isn't and never will be human. But I've heard the theory he just wanted to wake him up, but cutting his face showed it was never gonna happen. I also heard he just wanted to give one last embrace, but everything he touches he destroys. Maybe it's one of them, maybe it's none of them, maybe it's all of them. I like moments like this, where whatever you interpret, chances are it's gonna be meaningful to you in some way. Meanwhile, Jim tells his drunk friend about their breakup and wants him to drive them to her home.
2: Forget holding her hand, picture the damage you could do other places.
0: <laughs> That's sick. I'd still watch though. Kim's brother, Kevin, starts to walk home, coming across the guy who told Edward never let anyone say he has a handicap. Have they caught him yet? Who? Him! That... that cripple! The puppeteer for that insult comic dog! But Edward sees the drunk driver is gonna hit Kevin, and he saves him, sadly resulting in him getting cut up. We get the trailer shy used in all the commercials. To this day, I still see the promotional credits over this scene. But the cop lets him go. He's gone! Let, let that bother him, all right? Has anyone considered how Avon can help? It is all over. I'm going! Oh, no, I'm no, no. no. The mob is unsatisfied and goes after him, but Kim gets a head start to see if he's okay. Hello, girl. Could you please bury me? I stink. She sees Edward is all right, but apparently not for long. No. <laughs> There's something so funny about Edward's luck being so bad, even when he's saved from a bullet, the debris from the ceiling falls on him. They should have had a duck land on his head while they're at it. <laughs> Jim keeps trying to kill him off, but after he hurts Kim, Edward finally has enough. A lot of people had issue with Edward killing the bully, and honestly, it doesn't bother me. First off, it is self-defense. I mean, the guy tried to kill him several times. He was even carrying a weapon here, it's a little hard to see. Second, I think it kind of shows the nastiness of the world rubbed off on him. We've seen him crack more than once being pushed to the limit, so I don't see this as entirely out of character. The same way his kindness can rub off on the harshness of the town, the same way the harshness of the town can rip off on his kindness. Goodbye. Realizing they can never be together, Edward says goodbye to Kim, and Kim says that she loves him. The roof caved
1: in on him. They killed each other. See?
2: You ripped off his hand? Is that
1: what
0: you're supposed to do with a dead body? Yeah,
2: only the ones with jewelry, so I guess it counts.
0: I'm going home. I like the one who lied about him as the last to leave. Like maybe there's a hint of guilt in her or maybe it was hitting her that I got to make out with a 26 year old Johnny Depp. I have to send my casting agent some coke. Anyway, pleasant dreams.
1: She never saw him again. How do you know? Because I was there.
0: I was Kevin. A lot's changed over the years. She says she doesn't want to go see him because she'd rather he remember her as she was. But that doesn't mean she couldn't have seen him right after all this happened. Hey cool! is the father of her kid, anyway.
1: If you weren't up there now, I don't think it would be snowing.
0: Sometimes you can still catch me dancing in it. Naked and gross. Edward continues to do his ice sculptures with the flakes falling on the town, making Florida, at least once a year, a tolerable place to live. And that was Edward Scissorhands. Still a pretty damn good flick, in my opinion. The imagination, the visual storytelling, the astounding music, character actors, and that style that is so distinctly Tim Burton that is... Burton-iest. It's a film a lot of people think of, but not always around Christmas, and in a way, that's an even bigger compliment. It doesn't need to rely on the holiday in order to resonate with people, it just happens to be the setting. Helping give the film even more of a unique identity when compared to other Christmas flicks. It's still enjoyable all these years later, and man, I wish Burton would return to films like these. Critic, we did it.
1: We finally did it. We convinced Tim Burton to do an original idea again.
0: It's called The Boy Who Had Nails In His Eyes. Nightmarish. I love it. Yes, we're finally gonna get something new from- Uh, Wednesday season two. Damn it, we were so close. Let him go. It's better this way. It's clearly not. Yeah, but I've lost interest.
1: I never saw anything he did again Not after that night
0: You could still see his movies You could still check them out
1: No, honey I'd much rather remember his work the way it was You see, before Tim Burton We never had an excitement for these ideas And afterwards, we did I don't know if we would care so much about them if they didn't leave a big impact to begin with. Sometimes you can still catch me dancing in them.
2: You can't buy the necessities of life with cookies.
0: It's Cameo for Charity, and this month we're doing Toys for Tots. So if you want a video of me saying Happy Birthday, Merry Christmas, Congrats, or whatever, go ahead and click on the link below and know you'll be giving to a good cause. With that said, I usually do Toys for Tots for December, and part of that is because of this funny story that happened when we were shooting the review of Christmas with the Cranks. I share it every year, and this year is gonna be no different. Hey everybody, Doug Walker here doing the Charity shout out and I have a funny story for you. Uh, when we were shooting this review, we were outside about to shoot a scene with uh, Nostalgia Crick and Santa Christ, and this car pulls up, and they pull right into our parking spot, and we don't recognize the people, and they get out, and we say, can we help you? And they say, uh, Toys for Tots. I'm dropping off Toys for Tots. No, 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 we're not Toys for Tots. And they're looking at us like, are you sure? And we said, yeah, we're sure. Why would we know where Toys for Tots are? And they said, well, cuz you got a guy dressed like Santa Claus there. Oh, no! <laughs> Un- unrelated Amazing. Totally unrelated! So, bizarrely enough, they were driving around looking for Toys for Tots, and we happened to come outside with a guy dressed as Santa Claus. What are the chances? <laughs> <laughs> and I took it as a sign. There you go, so click on the link in the description, get a cameo for me, and be giving to a wonderful organization. Donate to Toys for Town. Yes, They're it's awesome. a good organization. <laughs> Santa Christ approves.